Welcome to Clean Air for All by Yoohoo. It's a podcast from Yoohoo about creating a healthy home and life with good indoor air quality. Each month we will speak with experts and share helpful information and insights about anything and everything that concerns the air we breathe and how we can protect the health and safety of our homes and families while we stay indoors. From understanding indoor pollutants, the benefits of ventilation, the importance of continuous air quality monitoring to new technologies and more. My name is Matthias Gelber. I'm your host for today. I'm an environmentalist that's worked in this field for many many years and I have a great passion on good healthy indoor air quality and my journey with you who started when my baby daughter was born four years ago and I bought myself a Yuhu device because I wanted to make sure that we have the best air quality as possible so that my baby daughter grows up healthy and sound without any negative impact on her future and i have the great pleasure of introducing a really amazing guest today for our inaugural uh, edition of our yuhu podcast uh, we have caroline Lazowski, she is a nationally recognized as America's healthy home expert. She's the CEO of My Healthy Home. She has been an indoor investigator for 25 years, visited more than 30,000 homes. She has a CRM certification, which stands for Certified Microbial Remediator and CIE, Certified Indoor Environmentalist Training through the American Council for Accredited Certification. Ms. Blasovsky has completed a sustainable design education from Boston Architectural College. Her work has been featured by Martha Stewart, Jenny McCarthy, Ronald Hoffman MD, Sarius XM, Shape and Regis Digest, as well as hundreds of podcasts, radio and print interviews. She is also certified as a healthy home specialist through the National Environmental Health Association. In her spare time, Caroline studies public health at the University of Southern California. Amazing Caroline, so much expertise. We are so happy to have you here with us. Thank you for having me. Amazing. We couldn't get a better expert for our inaugural show than yourself mm. Caroline. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, great pleasure to have you here. And Caroline, why should people actually care about all of this? I mean, we might have a lot of listeners there that hear about this for the first time, never considered really looking into this. Why should they care? It's amazing. So, 20 years ago, I started a journey to create healthier homes. And I saw a need where public health, it's so interesting, public health actually tells us that environment is one of the top five social determinants of health. And so what does that mean? It means if you live in a good environment, if you exercise, if you refrain from cigarettes and alcohol and you eat the proper diet and you have good socioeconomic factors, you're going to be healthy. But what's interesting about public health is that it recognizes environment. But Matthias, you know, when do you ever go to a doctor and they ask you about your environment? Most of the time when you go to a doctor, they provide a scan, they do your blood work, they do your urine, they tell you to stop smoking, they tell you mm -hmm. to stop drinking, eat healthy. 
but never do they ask you or very rarely some physicians are special when they do, but very rarely do they ask you about your environment and where you're living or working. Agreed. I have never been asked by any doctor that I visited uh, (laughs) about where I live and what I breathe in and what problems might be at my place of work or at my home. So um, there is a relationship there with with healthy living and maybe as well how you feel, how good you feel, how productive you are. What's the scientific evidence, uh, Caroline, that we have in in those areas? So exactly. So medically, we recognize it. Globally, we recognize that environment is key, but yet we ignore it. So we know now we we have this thing that's recognized and we ignore it. And people say, well, maybe it's not that important. Maybe I don't need to look at my environment, but that's just the opposite. So when we start to look at science and, you know, I've been in many different venues from public health to indoor air quality and seen a lot of the fantastic studies. I was at med school at the University of Southern California. And some of the interesting studies tell us that when we expose mice, for example, to high levels of particulate. This is pollution. This is dander in our homes, dust mites, all kinds of building products, smoke, automobile exhaust. The mice develop cognitive problems, Mm. delays, activate Alzheimer's states. We actually can see early onsets of dementia. And so this is huge because as we age and, and even as we are younger, your mind is a thing that you don't want to lose. So it's important to see that there's these correlations between how we feel and where we live. Another interesting study, which I find is kind of um, amazing, is that by being exposed to a lot of particulate pollution, chemicals, we can decrease our cardiovascular function. So how your heart works or what you call your MVP, your microvascular function, will decrease, will become less if you're around a lot of pollutants. So now we're affecting our brain, we're affecting our heart and all of these things play into how we feel every day. So it's very important for people to see that public health recognizes the environment. Studies show us that our health is impacted by these environmental factors. And now it's up to us to do something about it. Wow. Amazing. The link is very strong, very clear. I recall Uh, Many, many years ago, when I was a teenager, I always visited my grandmother and my uncle. My uncle was a smoker. And I told my grandmother, oh, you're a smoker as well, right? Because you sit here every day with my uncle inhaling the smoke. Oh, no, no, no. She was adamant that it wouldn't impact her because she didn't smoke herself. So the environment around her was polluted. But she wouldn't acknowledge or believe it that she was part of it. Is that still like somehow how we humans behave that even though it's there, we kind of like to ignore it because it's uncomfortable thought? I think that's an excellent example. And look how long it took from a global perspective for us to recognize that cigarettes and even in certain cultures, you'll go to different Mm -hmm. parts of the world and you'll see smoking is is very prevalent, even though we know it's bad. So, yes, I think. We somehow think if we don't take it in or ingest it or physically come in contact with something, it doesn't do harm. But you and I know that there are so many things out there. And I think it's important to talk about, well, what are these things that we need to watch out for and why should we? So tell us, Caroline, what are the most dangerous pollutants that we would usually find in homes? You've mentioned already PM. 2.5, I think, 
to give us an idea how big is a piece that falls under the category of PM 2.5 and why is it so dangerous? Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's lots of things in homes. So we've got our particulates, these little fine particles. Like if you take a piece of your hair and then magnify it down to, you know, 250 times smaller, these are these particles that you can't see. Or maybe sometimes if you look into the sunlight, you know, you'll see that Mm. the little reflections of things in the air. These are these really tiny things that we ingest all the time. But besides ingesting particulate, we also are exposed to VOCs, to chemicals, to things that come off products like gasoline, or if you're using air freshener or products or paints. So we have chemicals to worry about. And then we also have things to worry about like dander and dust mites and molds. And so it's really an endless list. And so, and it gets quite daunting, right? There's so many things that we have to think about. And that's why I like products or services or or methods to allow it to become much easier for clients um, to understand it and not have to think about it. So you and I want to think about these things because that's our profession, but everybody else just wants it to happen for them. That's the artificial intelligence. It's going to tell you, you don't have to think. So I love that. Yeah. So if you basically buy things for your house, whether it's the paint that you mentioned, whether it's the furniture that you might bring in, or even the air freshener, are you saying all of them could have hidden pollutants contained that we might not realize we bring into our home and endanger our family? Yes. Everything that you bring into your home has an effect, whether it's a natural thing or an unnatural. So let's give an example. So people often use a lot of citrus, right? Citrus is something that we think is natural, It doesn't affect us. But unfortunately, citrus has what's called delimonene, a chemical in it that actually is a VOC. So you could have a paint can that has Mm. a VOC like acetone and you can have a piece of fruit that has a VOC. Your body doesn't recognize the difference that one is synthetic and one is natural. It just recognizes that a VOC and your air quality can easily get compromised. So as you use all these things in the home, we're not expecting you to have a perfect home that doesn't exist. Mm. But there are levels and degrees of of what is acceptable and healthy. And so when we bring anything into our home, whether it's wood products, we have formaldehydes, we have cabinetry, we have flooring, we have personal care products, we have, um, you know, equipment, technologies, all of these things have volatile organics with them and then produce a level that gets really high and elevated quite quickly in a home. And so people mm-hmm. say, well, I don't bring things in. I have a very healthy environment. It's impossible. We all bring them in. Yeah. I remember my wife loves uh, wood-based furniture. I always ask her, make sure, darling, it's sustainably sourced wood. I don't want the rainforest to to be suffering. (laughs) And then I told her, darling, make sure, tell those guys that, are you know, don't let them use any VOC. What's VOC? Volatile organic compounds. They kind of evaporate maybe in the in the in the paint or in the varnish and things like that and so i i always tell that but the last piece of furniture we got we had to keep it outside of the house for a month uh, until so it kind bad. of released uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah the the varnish i i my my nose is quite sensitive and i can smell it and anytime we buy any paint i make sure it's uh virtually VOC free. And there are a couple of other nasty chemicals that that can be in in paints. But how Mm -hmm. can people 
get a handle on all of this, like the VOCs, the PM 2.5? How can they monitor and track that situation in the context of their own home? Well, interesting, going back to the paints too, and I like to give people you know, tips because simple things like storing a paint can, a paint mm. can is never sealed. It is always open. People say, well, I never open the can. It doesn't matter. It's not hermetically sealed. It's not this thing where nothing can escape from it. So when you have mm. paint cans stored in your house and you're not using them, they're constantly adding VOCs to your environment, whether they are low VOC or not. All paints, there's no such thing as a no VOC paint. We can market it as no VOC, but in reality, that's not true. So there's a little marketing magic that happens that allows people to kind of claim that something is no has no volatile organics or no chemicals, but it's not true. So paints are one thing that you want to get rid of, right? Just thinking out loud. Mm-hmm. And then interesting enough, things like gasoline. We all go to the gas pump, right? Yes. We all pump yes. our gas. And what's interesting is you go into the gas, you pull your car in, you take out the hose, you plug it in, you pump your gas, you don't spill any, nothing gets mm. spilled, but now you're covered in gasoline vapor. And that yes. vapor actually stays with you until you shower or clean yourself. And as you go into locations, let's just say you pump gas and then you decide you're going to sit at your kitchen table and have breakfast. And then you're going to maybe take a nap and lie down. Mm. All of that transmits with us. We're a huge community. And so we're constantly sharing these chemicals and particulates and dander, and we can go into it in an interview at some later point, but we're sharing Mm. these things just similar to COVID-19, right? COVID-19 made us aware of that. We were this community and we shared this virus and, and to work, which was interesting, to work against mm. it, we all had to be a community, wear masks, vaccinate, work together to get to yes. the source and to help alleviate the problem. It's the same with chemicals. We share everything. And so how we operate within that world is, again, a communal response to it. So, yes, it's overwhelming. There's a lot there. And there's a lot of things that come into our homes that are carcinogenic, cause allergies, asthma, autoimmune problems. And how we assess it and monitor it is key and providing technologies that do that. And that's why we're having this conversation today with a product as a sensor system is very important for consumers. I was just thinking when you were sharing this, this idea came to mind. Sharing is caring, but in this case, it's not a good, it's not a good thing <laughs> not at all. to share, share all these nasties. And I, I have another story that came to mind. This is actually a shocking story, but I, I think we have a lot of listeners from the Philippines. And uh, it was like 10 plus years ago before I moved to the Philippines, I met uh, people in, in a coffee shop introduced by a friend and they told me, Oh yeah, um, we our grandma used to live in Baguio, which is a place in the Philippines, very cold. And because it's so cold, they had the house painted. They closed all the windows because they said otherwise it's too cold for grandma. And but unfortunately, our grandma passed away. I mean, it, it was such a shocking story. And I, I asked them, "Have you ever thought about this?" Was the day after they painted the home? Oh you know, I, I asked them, "Have you ever thought about that?" On those uh, boxes with the paint inside, it said only apply in a well-ventilated area. That's a classical paint with the volatile organic compounds. They said, oh, no, we never thought about it. I think that the the grandma passed away because she had no oxygen in the air. She had heavy VOC-containing paint, 
and she she couldn't breathe enough oxygen. So these things happen. It could be even life-threatening if you don't do the right thing. I mean, this is an extreme example now, but I made the connection there. But unfortunately, those people and the, the workers and the family had never made the connection between the pain and the, the threat to the life of the grandmother. But yes. you coming back to what you shared, how can we monitor this, like monitoring devices, how do we install them? What kind of information do they give us? As an investigator, I've seen 30,000 homes in my career, which is a lot. I've been around and seen how people live and see what are actual environments and what types of exposures people have. And I'm testing these homes daily to see, okay, do they have a mold issue, VOC? And going back to your grandmother, it is more common than people realize that a lot of our health concerns are directly related to our environment. And I believe I'm on the, you know, the far end of the spectrum, but I believe 85 to 90% of disease states are environmentally induced. So with that being said, we have to provide a technology to be able to monitor this for a residential homeowner or even an office or a building or wherever that provides them information and makes it easy. And so that's how the Yoohoo works, right? The Yoohoo is going to provide all of this data about your chemicals that we're talking about, about your particulate, about your humidity, carbon dioxide, things that you don't need to think about. The professionals need to think about it, but it needs to alert you to the fact that you may need to contact a professional if your air quality is poor. And so just like we use Alexa and we use all these AI technologies, we need to utilize technologies to help us with our homes, obviously from a health standpoint, but to help us have good indoor air quality. Yeah, that, that's great. So it's very practical. Actually, the U device uses color systems to kind of alert to, okay, here's a problem when it's red and yeah. you need to do something about it. You need to contact an expert or there is a, maybe a tip, what can be done? I remember one time I stayed in a hotel, five-star hotel, and I checked my Yoohoo at night and there was like a big uh, a warning, Spike. like, yeah, your carbon dioxide is so low. It was uh, it's so high. It was above 3000, which is extremely high. And, you know, I investigated next day with the engineering people and they told me, don't tell anyone. So I won't reveal the name of the famous hotel. But I said, (laughs) oh, you are the first one ever that found out that we switch off the fresh air supply at night because (gasps) people want to sleep. Right. So it It will make them sleepy if there's. Yeah, it makes them tired and we save electricity. And I was shocked. Like, you know, it was unhealthy air quality. Yeah, yeah. But they said, oh, over the last few years, nobody has ever complained because nobody knew because nobody ever measured they're sleeping, Matthias. Yeah. They're sleeping. They don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's fascinating. All, that's yeah. a great story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so most of us are sleeping out there, right? Because we don't know what's going on in our homes and in our offices. It is incredible. Yes. And CO carbon dioxide, right? CO2 and then Mm. CO carbon monoxide can both provide these sort of situations where you're, you feel sleepy and you don't know Mm. something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Carbon monoxide poisoning as a very, very high risk. So for our listeners out there, what action steps should they take to make this a priority in their family, educate themselves and then possibly take the next step of actually understanding what is going on by getting a monitoring device, 
Is, th- is that the number one starting point? I think too, and I see we're running out of time for this segment, but we'll leave it at, there are many things that almost too many for the residential homeowner to be aware of, but allow the professionals and the devices to work for you to alert you to these things as you learn, right? It's a learning curve and a learning process. So you wanna learn what's out there, what can be detrimental, what can cause you ill health effects and do it with some sort of technology that's gonna provide you that information so you can learn. Great, that's, that's an excellent point. I think for a lot of people, this is really an important message. Take action now rather than regretting it at a later stage when maybe some of this has negatively impacted the health of your family. So thanks so much, Caroline, for this excellent input. We have another podcast coming up with you in the near future, and that will focus on what devices are out there that can help you then clean up your air quality, how they work and which ones are recommended for a post-pandemic world. So see you again in the near future. Thanks so much, Caroline. Thank you.